السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إله الأولين والآخرين وأشهد أن نبينا محمد عبده ورسوله المصطفى الأمين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك لعبدك ورسولك محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد Welcome to another episode of our tafsir page by page and inshallah ta'ala Today we are on page number 60 of the Quran which is the third juz surah to Ali Imran in the previous episode, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned to us a number of principles and a number of etiquettes, the way that the Muslim should be. And one of the things that we said at the beginning on the outset of our tafsir of Surah Ali Imran is that this surah speaks about many of the, of the principles uh, that the Muslim should have, especially when it comes to dealing with the outside world. So Surah Al-Baqarah spoke a lot about belief and so on. This Surah speaks about a lot about the etiquettes and the way that a Muslim should be. And Allah Azawajal gives us these examples in a number of ways. From them is these passages that we can see in terms of the uh, the discourse that is being mentioned and the uh, the topic that is mentioned concerning the people of the past scriptures. So the Muslim, as we're going through these episodes and these pages and these verses of Surah Ali Imran, you must constantly remember that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling you to have integrity, telling you to uphold your pledges, telling you to be truthful and honest and so on and so forth, this is the way that the Muslims should be because this is what will strengthen them in terms of their iman in Allah azza wa jal. And a person who has that type of integrity and that type of strength is more likely to be a person who upholds the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the pledges of Allah azza wa jal as opposed to a person who doesn't necessarily have that strength of character. And so... Allah Azza wa Jal gives to us a number of examples in this surah of this. And today's uh, passage or today's page is something which continues within that same topic, if you like, or that same theme. In verse number 78, where we begin today, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ وَإِنَّ مِنْهُمْ لَفَرِيقًا يَلْوُونَ أَلْسِنَتَهُمْ بِالْكِتَابِ لِتَحْسَبُوهُ مِنَ الْكِتَابِ وَمَا هُوَ مِنَ الْكِتَابِ وَيَقُولُونَ وَيَقُولُونَ هُوَ مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ وَمَا هُوَ مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ وَيَقُولُونَ عَلَى اللَّهِ الْكَذِبَ وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ There are some who twist the scripture with their tongues to make you think that what they say is part of the scripture when it is not. They say it is from Allah when it is not, they attribute lies to Allah Azza wa Jal and they know that that is the case. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that there are from amongst those people and again this comes to this issue of integrity, the issue of honesty. When you come across revelation and this applies to us as Muslims as well, we come across something in the Quran and the Sunnah that maybe doesn't really mesh or go with our desires, what we want, what we feel more comfortable doing, or what society is doing at large. And so therefore, it makes us stand out, makes us stand apart, makes us look different. We have a choice that we make, and it is a conscious choice that we make. Either we believe in the Qur'an strongly enough and the message of the Prophet ﷺ, and we're devout and we're sincere, and the love that we have for Allah and His Prophet ﷺ overcomes everything else, 
And so therefore with pride and with confidence and with iman, we stand and we complete or we perform and uphold what Allah Azza wa wants from us. Or the second choice is that actually we're not so sure. That we have this thing where we would rather twist and change or try to find a way out. And I'm not speaking about valid differences of opinion that exist amongst the scholars because those have their place in our religion. I'm speaking about issues that are from the fundamentals that more or less all of the scholars accept and agree upon, but it doesn't really go with what society is saying, what our desires want or what we feel comfortable doing. And so therefore we're kind of going to find a way not to do that. That's something that you hear very common, when it's, whether it's to do with a woman's hijab or a, a brother's beard or whatever it may be. Certain things that we will just kind of say, actually, it's not really part of the religion. We'll, we'll, we'll try to find a way out because we don't feel very comfortable. Those issues, we make a conscious choice in the way that we're going to behave. And yes, one of those choices may be more comfortable in the dunya, but in terms of our integrity and character and iman, it is the least of the two choices. It is the worst of the two choices. The other one may make us more uncomfortable in the dunya, but it is something which upholds our integrity in terms of our belief and our uh, duty to our Lord and Creator subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Azza wa Jal therefore in this verse 78 he says that from the lack of integrity is people who therefore change the scripture. And just as that happens amongst other people and other nations and other religions, there are amongst the Muslims those who attempt to do so. And that's why the scholars play an important role when they remove those uh, those those misinterpretations, those 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 faulty interpretations from the religion, and they say actually no, that is incorrect. The true understanding of the Quran and the Sunnah, the way that it was understood by the companions and the early scholars of Islam, this is the true Islam that we should follow. Allah Azza wa Jalla says that from amongst the people of the book are those who twist the scriptures with their tongue to make you think that what they say is part of the scripture when it is not, to make you think that something is part of the scripture and it is not, or to remove something from the scripture when it is a part of it. Both of those. Either you take something and remove it, or you add something to it which is not from it. And they say it is from Allah, even though it is not from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَيَقُولُونَ عَلَى اللَّهِ الْكَذِبَ وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ And rather what they're saying about Allah is they are attributing lies to Him, and they know that what they are doing is false. And that is why, the role of the teacher, the scholar, the imam is so important in our religion. People of trustworthiness, people of true knowledge, people of fear and piety of Allah Azza wa Jal, people of integrity, it is something which is so important. And therefore for me and you as average Muslims, as lay Muslims, these people, we have to be very careful in terms of who we choose to take our religion from. And the general phenomenon that we see in our time of just taking our religion from any YouTube clip or any social media post, or anyone that may dress and look like a scholar, and we don't really know their credentials, we don't really know their bona fides, we just simply take from them and accept what they see as being the truth and our religion, that is an extremely dangerous methodology in terms of seeking your knowledge of your religion and knowing what the religion states. And that is why from throughout history, our religion has this, this tradition of knowledge going from teacher to student, student becomes a teacher, and then he passes on to the next student and so on, from generation to generation. And those people, even until today, are well known. And they are visible, and they are known through their knowledge, through their character, through their piety, through their ibadah, their worship, and so on. Those are the people who don't necessarily seek fame. They're not the ones that maybe have the most likes and the most uh, greatest following on social media, or the most views. Sometimes they may, and sometimes they may not. But that is not the criteria by which they, they are determined. 
but rather when you go to the people of knowledge, they will point you towards the people of knowledge. And when you see their sincerity in terms of they're not looking for what is popular or what is something which will draw the crowds, but they're looking to call people to Allah and to the Prophet wasallam. They're not calling towards their own ego or to their own name or to their own brand, but they're calling to the brand of the religion, which is the Allah said, His Prophet said, wasallam. the scholars of the Salaf said, rahmatullah. that is how you notice who these people are. And that is what Allah Azza wa says in verse number 80. Allah Azza wa will give us this principle which is extremely important. مَا كَانَ لِبَشَرٍ أَن يُؤْتِيَهُ اللَّهُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحُكْمَ وَالنُّبُوَّةِ ثُمَّ يَقُولَ لِلنَّاسِ كُونُوا عِبَادًا لِي مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ وَلَكِنْ وَلَكِنْ كُونُوا رَبَّانِيِّينَ بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تُعَلِّمُونَ الْكِتَابَ وَبِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَدْرُسُونَ No person to whom Allah has given the scripture, wisdom and prophethood would ever say, Be my servant and not Allah's. Rather they would say, You should be devout to Allah because you have taught the scripture and studied it closely. It is not befitting. No prophet of Allah, no true scholar of Islam, no person who truly knows their religion would call to themselves, to their own brand, to themselves, or would say, for example, worship me besides Allah Azza wa Worship me and follow me and don't follow the revelation. Take my understanding of Islam, for example, for us as Muslims, and don't take the understanding of the Prophet and his companions But rather what they would say, is kunu rabbanin be people who are dutiful in your worship to Allah azza wa jalla. And some of the scholars said the meaning of rabbani is that they are scholars, true scholars with understanding. Another said that these are the people who, when they teach knowledge, they start with the foundations before they go on to the more advanced issues. They want people to come closer to Allah azza wa jalla. So they're not looking for the most popular method or the one that will give them the most fame or power or influence, they're looking at the way and the methodology that will call them to Allah Azza wa Jal in the best of ways. And that is why the Prophet ﷺ, when he starts, he doesn't have mass appeal, he doesn't have mass following, he starts with a few people. But he stays true to his principles and true to his call. He doesn't say, oh, this Tawheed issue is a problem, right? If I call to Tawheed or Aqeedah, it's going to make people go off me because that's what was happening amongst Quraysh. So let me focus on things that everyone kind of accepts and I'll deal with this later. No, he focused on what is the most important thing. And this is sometimes what we hear today amongst Muslims. Why are you teaching Aqeedah? Why are you teaching Tawheed? It's such a dry, archaic subject. People have bigger issues. Call them to other things that we all can unite upon. And these things aren't so important. And that is a gross misunderstanding in terms of our religion. There is a way that we call people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we don't correct the foundation of our religion in terms of its belief, then what is left after that in terms of everything else? And so the true people are those who call to Allah azza wa based upon what they study from the scripture and the knowledge that they have been given. In verse 8, Allah azza wa says that a prophet and, and the angels would never therefore call to themselves besides Allah. وَلَا يَأْمُرَكُمْ أَن تَتَّخِذُوا الْمَلَائِكَةَ وَالنَّبِيِّينَ أَرْبَابًا he would never command you to take angels and prophets as lords. How could he command you to be disbelievers after you have devoted yourselves to Allah Azza wa Jal? Does it make sense that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would tell and command the prophets and angels to call to themselves besides Allah Azza wa Jal? And if that doesn't make sense, and they are prophets of Allah, and the noble angels of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then how can it make sense for anyone that is below them in status and station? How can it make sense for a scholar or for an alim 
or for an imam or for a sheikh or whoever it may be that they are calling towards themselves besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that doesn't always necessarily mean, obviously at the, at the greatest level, that is referring to shirk and referring to kufr, that they want to be gods besides Allah azza wa jal. But it is also manifested in much smaller ways. When a person says, follow my way as opposed to the way of the scholars and the companions, follow my understanding as opposed to what we find in the sunnah, or I will change or I will give to you my interpretation of the understanding of the Quran and the sunnah, and that is what you must abide by, that is also greatly problematic. And that is why one of the signs of a true scholar is that they don't call except to what Allah said and what His Prophet said sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And if you find someone who's constantly saying this upon their tongue, Allah said, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, this companion said, that imam said, from the well-known accepted imams of Islam, from the time of the companions all the way until our time today, that is a sign inshallah ta'ala of goodness and of sincerity. But really the only way for you to be able to determine that is for you to seek knowledge for yourself, for you to learn also. Be from amongst the Rabbani. Go to those people who teach the foundations of knowledge and then they build you up. Just like all of us sought an education in terms of our schooling. You go and you start a kindergarten or nursery and you build your way up through primary and secondary levels of education because you start with the basics and you build yourself up. And you've reached a certain level and understanding and maturity now that if someone was to come to you and say something like, oh, gravity doesn't exist, or two plus two can't equal four, or whatever it may be, you have enough grounding to be able to differentiate between what makes sense and what doesn't make sense, what is true and what is incorrect. The shame of the issue is, however, when it comes to our religion, many of us are still very ignorant. We lack that ability and that knowledge to differentiate between what is correct and what is incorrect. We wouldn't know if someone was to send us a YouTube video or a social media post or someone was to come and appear to us and say something and they were to quote Quran and Sunnah. Because many of those sects that are misguided just as the Jews and the Christians and others use scripture, they use scripture as well amongst the Muslims. But we can't differentiate between is that the correct understanding or not? Is that what the Imams really said and the companions really stood for or not? We don't know the difference and it is difficult to know and determine until you've reached a certain level of knowledge, even if it is a solid foundation of knowledge. So that people can't just come, pull the wool over your eyes, deceive you, say something that is flashy or say something in a certain way that is maybe moving and heart softening and you just follow it not really knowing what is correct or incorrect. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says concerning the prophets in verse number 81, وَإِذْ أَخَذَ اللَّهُ مِيثَاقَ النَّبِيِّينَ لَمَا آتَيْتُكُمْ مِنْ كِتَابٍ وَحِكْمَةٍ ثُمَّ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ ثُمَّ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ مُصَدِّقٌ لِمَا مَعَكُمْ لَتُؤْمِنُنَّ بِهِ وَلَتَنْصُرُنَّهِ قَالَ أَأَقْرَرْتُمْ مَا أَخَذْتُمْ عَلَى ذَلِكُمْ إِصْرِي قَالُوا أَقْرَرْنَا قَالَ فَاشْهَدُوا وَأَنَا مَعَكُمْ مِنَ الشَّاهِدِينَ Allah took a pledge from the Prophet saying, if after I have bestowed scripture and wisdom upon you, a messenger confirming what you have been given comes to you, you must believe in him and support him. Do you affirm this and accept my pledge as binding upon you? They said, we do. He said, then bear witness and I too shall bear witness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning in this verse something which we uh, spoke about earlier in a previous episode. And that is that one of the covenants that Allah took from all of the prophets, and this is one of the major evidences and reasons and justifications as to why we believe that the coming of the Prophet abrogates everything that came before it. 
and that it's not permissible for a person to say, yes, I accept Muhammad as a prophet of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, but I would rather prefer to follow Isa, he was a prophet as well, or Musa, he was a prophet as well, or Ibrahim, he was a prophet as well. I'll follow them. Yes, I accept the Prophet as being a messenger of God, but I would rather be upon the way of Isa or Musa. That is not something which is enough. It is not something which is sufficient. Part of believing in the Prophet is not only to believe that he was the final messenger of Allah, but that the only way to salvation and to Allah is through the path that he left. And this is the pledge that Allah took from all of the Prophets. From the time of Adam, until the time of Isa والسلام, because Isa والسلام, is the prophet, the last prophet that came before our messenger Allah took the pledge from them that once I have anointed you as prophets and messengers, you have received revelation and wisdom. And then if there was to emerge in your time a messenger that confirms that which you have been given, meaning you know that they're a messenger of Allah, they confirm the same message, they're calling to Tawheed, they're calling to Allah, they have the signs of a Prophet from Allah Azza wa Jal. The pledge that Allah took from them is You will believe in Him. Accept Him as being Allah's Messenger. Not only that, but also You will support Him and aid Him, meaning that you will be from His followers. And this is why, as we said uh, before in a previous episode, in the hadith of Umar radiallahu when he once appeared before the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam holding parchments from the Torah and he was reading them, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam became angry and he said to Umar that if Musa alayhi was to be alive today, he would also have to follow me. Meaning you don't need to seek revelation or guidance from these scriptures. The Quran is sufficient for you. Because if Musa alayhi was living today, he wouldn't be following the Torah either. He would be following the Quran, the revelation that was given to me. And as we mentioned before also, that is why towards the end of time, towards Yawm Al-Qiyamah, when Allah Azza wa Jal decrees that the Prophet Isa Alayhi will descend to earth again at the time of the Dajjal, once he defeats the Dajjal and his army, he will become the leader of the Muslims. And he will judge not according to his own laws and Sharia, or according to the gospel that he was given, but rather he will judge according to the laws and the Sharia of the Prophet He will use the Quran and the Sunnah. That is what he will judge upon, alayhi salatu wasalam, which shows to you therefore that these messengers of Allah, Allah Azza wa Jalla is telling us very explicitly in this verse that this is the covenant that Allah took from them. If the messengers sallallahu alayhi wasallam was to come in your time, meaning that all of them were therefore aware that a time will soon come when Allah will cause, or will, 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 will bring out a final messenger. And after that prophet and messenger, there will be no more. And this messenger, his religion will be universal as opposed to every prophet that came before that was sent specifically to only his nation. So therefore, if he emerges in your time, you must accept him. Because we know that there were times when multiple prophets lived at one time. Ibrahim and Lut and Ishaq and Ismail and Yaqub and Yusuf and as we mentioned before, Zakaria, Yahya, Isa, Ali, Musrat. There were times when multiple prophets lived in the same time. They were alive at the same time. If the Messenger وسلم, Muhammad comes at one of those times, then you must follow him and accept him. Whereas before, each Prophet would have his own nation, his own laws, and they were distinct from one another, even though their call, the overall call was the same in terms of the Tawheed of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to them, isri? Do you accept this and bind that this pledge is binding upon you? All of them said, We accept. 
So therefore the followers of these prophets and messengers is not sufficient for them to say, no, we follow Jesus, we follow Moses, we follow Noah or Abraham. No. If the prophets of Allah made that covenant, then surely those who claim to follow them must also accept that covenant and follow it through as well. And that is what Allah then says in verse 82, فَمَنْ تَوَلَّى بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْفَاسِقُونَ Those who turn away after this are the ones who break that pledge. They are the ones who have done evil. Meaning if this is the pledge given to the prophets and messengers of Allah and you claim to follow them, but you're not willing to take the pledge that was made by those that you claim to follow, then that is something which is tantamount to evil and corruption. And that is what Allah Azza wa Jal then says in, the, in verse number 83, the last verse that we will take in today's episode. أَفَغَيْرَ دِينِ اللَّهِ يَبْغُونَ وَلَهُ أَسْلَمَ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ طَوْعًا وَكَرْهًا وَإِلَيْهِ يُرْجَعُونَ Do they seek anything other than submission to Allah? For indeed everything in the heavens and the earth submits to Him willingly or unwillingly. They will all be returned to Him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this verse that what do they want other than to submit to Allah Azza wa Jalla and to follow the religion, the true religion of Allah. And Allah Azza wa Jalla, as he mentioned earlier on in Surah Al Imran, he tells us that that, that true religion is Islam. Islam. Indeed, the only religion acceptable to Allah Azza wa Jalla is Islam. So therefore, if all of the prophets were on the same core message of Tawheed, and all of them agreed and affirmed and made a pledge with Allah, that they would follow the Messenger of Allah Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. What more do you need and what more do you want? Do you want to submit to other than Allah? And if you want to submit to other than Allah, then know that everything in the heavens and the earth ultimately submits to Allah Azza wa Jal. Either willingly, as the Muslims do in terms of all of the free choice and the options that we have, we choose to follow Allah over and above not following Allah Azza wa Jal, or unwillingly, meaning that everyone comes under the universal decree of Allah. No one can escape death. No one can escape Allah's judgment. No one can escape what Allah Azza wa Jal has prepared in terms of reward or punishment. These are stages that everyone has to go through. So whether you wish to or not, Allah Azza wa Jal is the one who ultimately you must submit to. But Allah Azza wa Jal has given you free choice in this life to choose willingly to submit to Him in matters of belief and in matters of worship and following the messengers and know that you will all return to your Lord and Creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And with that we come to the end of today's episode and we ask Allah Azza wa Jal that He keeps us firm upon the straight path and that Allah Azza wa Jal gives us understanding of the Quran and allows us to contemplate and reflect over its verses and meanings and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes us from amongst the people who take that knowledge and apply it and makes us from the people of the Quran, those people that Allah Azza wa Jal has favored and honored. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He makes the Quran a evidence on our behalf and not against us and that Allah Azza wa Jal makes the Quran an intercessor, an intercessor for us on the day of judgment and he makes us from amongst those people who on Yawm Al-Qiyamah will recite and read the Quran and elevate in status with every verse of the Quran that they read we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he showers his mercy and blessings upon us and our families and that Allah Azza wa Jal guides us all and keeps us steadfast and grants us his reward and his mercy and forgiveness. Barakallahu fikum wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim.